0: Sentire Media. Hello, you. You're listening to A History of Italy. Episode 156. Venice Tangles with the Turks and Messes with Milan. 1416 to 1454. In the last episode, we saw how Venice at the start of the 15th century had trouble with the Visconti of Milan, the Da Carrara of Padua, and the Kingdom of Hungary. But we also anticipated how the big fight would be with the Ottoman Turks. As the 1400s drew on, the practical and business-minded Venetians had managed to avoid all-out war with the Turks, but it hadn't been easy. In general, the Turks had been harassing ships from Christian countries, as the Christian countries had been doing, and also attacking Venetian colonies. In 1414, the Ottomans had attacked the Venetian colony of Negroponte and captured almost all of the 2,000 inhabitants. Venice would later manage to get back around 200 women, children and elderly people, but the rest were sold into slavery. Another attack would come the following year. At this point, the Signoria, the government of Venice, were not at all pleased. So, they nominated a man by the name of Pietro Loredan as an admiral and gave him a fleet. Officially, his was a diplomatic mission, in part to free the prisoners, but, more in general, to reach a global agreement. But he was also permitted to fight back if attacked, or even attacked first, and he certainly was given the means to do so. The Venetian fleet set sail for the Ottoman port of Gallipoli, the starting point for most Ottoman raids. As the Venetian fleet came close to Gallipoli, Loredan claims that he signaled for peaceful talks, but he was attacked from the shore by poisoned arrows until the fleet started to bomb the attackers. The next day, an Ottoman fleet came out to meet the Venetians who feigned a retreat, drew out the Turks, and then chased them back in again. Commander Loredan then sent an ambassador to complain about the treatment, but also to spy on the positions and strengths of the potential enemy. A truce was reached and the Venetian ships would be allowed to move into shore and replenish their water supplies. The 29th of May, 1416 came along. As morning dawned, the Venetian ships headed to resupply. They were attacked. Once again, they feigned a retreat, and once again the Ottoman fleet gave pursuit. This time, when the Venetians turned to fight, the Ottomans did not make it back to safety. It was on. The Battle of Gallipoli raged from the morning of the 29th of May to two in the morning of the 30th. The Ottoman fleet was annihilated. The head commander, as well as most of the captains and the crews, were either captured or killed. The prisoners were then all executed. The estimates put the Ottoman dead at around 4,000. The Venetians lost 12 men. There were also Christians among those captured. Those who had been slaves were freed. The Aragonese and Genoese fighting for the Ottomans were hung, which is what one did with Genoese if one was Venetian. The mercenaries who fought with the Ottomans were impaled. It was a stunning victory for Venice that would determine their superiority for decades to come, but also make them a bit too cocky. A rather risky frame of mind to be in, as we'll see. The Turks would manage to take the Venetian-controlled city of Thessalonica after a siege that lasted from 1422 to 1430, but no real war would break out again until the 1460s. From then on, it would be on and off conflict for centuries to come. Almost as long as the most serene republic would continue to exist, before Napoleon Bonaparte put an end to it. As always, we have to be a little careful on how we interpret the word Republic, for it was, in truth, an oligarchy. This was further enforced in 1423, when a new doge, Francesco Foscari, was elected, and the elaborate ceremony of his election did away with the words, se vi piace, if you so like it. When the new doge was presented to the people of Venice, to say basically, this is your new doge, whether you like it or not. Before his death, the previous doge, Tommaso Moceniga, left his fellow Venetians a warning Beware of the desire to take what belongs to others and wage unjust wars, for God will destroy you. Venice did not heed the warning. Indeed, 1423 also saw the start of a series of conflicts in northern Italy that we have covered from various different points of view, the Kingdom of Naples, the Papal States, the Republic of Florence, and the Duchy of Milan. In this period of conflict known as the Wars of Lombardy that went on from 1423 to the Peace of Lardy in 1454, these four powers, along with Venice as the fifth, emerged as the dominant entities in Italy shaping the destiny of the peninsula and pushing aside such minor powers as the Gonzaga of Mantua and the Este of Ferrara, until foreign rulers started to come in and kick off what would be known as the Italian Wars at the end of the 15th century. As far as the Wars of Lombardy are concerned, things kicked off when Florence and Milan had a fight over Forlì in the Romagna area but Venice stayed on the fence until 1425, when they were called in by Florence against the Duchy of Milan, ruled at the time by Duke Filippo Maria Visconti. This allows us to look a bit more in-depth at one of the more colourful mercenary captains we so like, one Francesco Bussone, Count of Carmagnola, also known as just Carmagnola. He had been in the service of the Duke of Milan, Filippo Maria Visconti, but when he had started to get a little too powerful and ambitious, the inconstant and paranoid Duke fired him. So, come 1425, Carmagnola was free to enter the service of the Florentine and Venetian alliance against Milan. He did a pretty good job at first, winning a series of victories, including the big one at Maclodio in 1427. In this period, Venice reached its maximum western expansion, bordering on the river Adda. Then things started to go wrong. He lost a series of battles and opportunities to press advantages that were unclear to the Signoria of Venice, and as time passed, suspicions grew, and his correspondence was put under observation. Whatever proof the authorities had of his guilt which has been lost to us after a fire in the Palazzo Ducale, it must have been more than enough. At the start of April 1432, Carmagnola was called to Venice. He arrived at the palace of the Doge in the evening and was told that it was too late to see the Doge Francesco Foscani. Carmagnola made to go back to his gondola moored outside, but his way was blocked and he was invited to go in a different direction. This is not my way he is supposed to have said, to which the answer was, oh yes, this is the right way. Once he realized he was being led to the dungeons, all he had to say was, I am lost. Francesco Bussone, Count of Carmagnola, was beheaded on the 5th of May, 1432. War against Milan continued on and off, and it was in a new round of hostilities that we had the great Venetian feat of engineering we mentioned in the Trentino episode. First, a little digression on Lake Garda. To a person with infantile humour such as mine, it has a little bit of a rude shape, with two rounded parts towards the south and a long straight part heading north and poking into Trentino. It borders with the modern-day region of Lombardy to the west and south, and Veneto to the east. There are lots of quaint little picturesque towns all around its shores, such as Lazzise, Moniga, Bardolino, Riva del Garda, and perhaps my favourite, Sirmione, where you can visit the Castello Scaligero, built by the Della Scala family of Verona before they were bullied out by those bullies, the Visconti. It is one of the few castles with a walled bay on a lake in Europe, and it is not, as some people think, a sinking castle. It was just built that way. Aside from lake-related water sports, hiking and cycling, you can also visit the sites such as the impressive and weird mansion of Italian poet Gabriele D'Annunzio, the Vittoriale, or the Gardaland theme park. My wife and I recently visited the impressive thermal installation of Aquadens, which must be really great if you like that sort of thing. I personally am now no longer curious as to what Dante's Inferno may have been like. Of course, being Italy, the food is amazing, and I recently had one of the best dining experience I've had in a while. I don't think I've ever done this on the podcast, but I will go ahead and mention the Caverna del Borgo, the hamlet tavern in the little hamlet of Calmasino in the province of Verona. So, speaking of Verona, during the winter of 1438-1439, the eastern Verona side was controlled by Venice, while the parts south and west of the lake were controlled by Milan. Venice also controlled some cities on the west side, which included Brescia, incidentally where my sister was born, but that's not essential to our story. At the time mentioned, Brescia was under siege by Milan. The new Venetian commander was Erasmo Danarni, also known as Gatta Melata, which is amusing since it means something like honeycat, possibly because he had a sweet voice and his mother's name was Gattelli, or maybe because her name was Melania, or maybe because he wore a honey-coloured cat-shaped hat, but I have no idea what that might look like. He also came from a place called Narni, which is just missing an A to become Narnia, so double cool. Anyway, he had to abandon the defence of Brescia, but the Signoria of Venice was not about to. Twenty-five boats and six galleys were sent in the dead of winter up the Adige River to the city of Rovereto about 20 kilometers northeast of the most northeastern location on Lake Garda, Torbole, In Rovereto, the boats and ships were put on rollers, taken up to the alpine lake Loppio, across the lake, put on rollers again, taken up Monte Baldo, and from there slowly lowered down the side of the mountain into the lake at Torbole. This feat came at a great cost, but... No boats were lost. Unfortunately, this was all to no avail, since a Milanese fleet soon came across the lake to blockade the Venetian one, which only managed not to be destroyed because hasty defences were set up, blocking off the port from the inside. Although this operation was costly and useless, you will be pleased to know that Brescia was eventually relieved, although not before Venice lost Verona on their side of the lake. The war continued, back and forth, with Duke Filippo Maria Visconti dying, as we have seen a few times. Not that he died a few times, we've just talked about it more than once. And Venice making it all the way to the walls of Milan, before being beaten back by Francesco Sforza, then making a deal with Sforza, and finally, a temporary pause in fighting with the Peace of Lodi. This would allow Venice once again to look away from the mainland to see what the Turks had been up to. It was worrying. We'll go there next time, but we'll also see how Venice underwent a bit of internal scandal as well, with a rare Dodge deposition. Grazie mille. Thank you very much for listening and stay tuned for the sketch after the credits and outro music. In particular, I would like to thank my wonderful Patreon supporters starting with the second half of the Margarita Hack and Galileo Galilei level. Jeffrey W. John W. Jordan. Juan Diego. Julia. Justin. Old John in Milwaukee. Orlando. Kevin. Mark. marxist leninist Sicilian, Mela. Michus Porchus. Mike M. Neville. Niels, Paradise, Patricia, Peter, Philip, Rachel, Rocco, Roberta, Rod, Rodney, Rudy, Russell, Sandra, Scott, Sean, Shelby, Stephen, and Tap Dance Down Under. And of course, the tippy top Maria Montessori, and Dante Ligiri level, Paolo, Lisa K., Andrew M., Peter W., David L., Renat, David C., Oak, JW, Sen, David A, this is a David intense level, thank you Davids, Karen, and Peter. If you'd like to get in touch, please do so with comments, questions, philosophical doubts that I won't be able to solve, but maybe we can share in our grief, or just to say hello. You can send an email at hello at historyofitaly.com or get in touch on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Once again, thank you very, very much for listening, and until next time, arrivederci.
1: Carmagnola, it's too late to see the Doge.
0: Really? It's only six o'clock. What is he, three?
1: No, he just has busy days and likes to get to bed early.
0: I've come a long way. Couldn't I just pop in?
1: No, he's put on his pyjamas and is having a warm beverage. Also, he says it's a little chilly and doesn't want to get out from under the covers.
0: All right, I suppose I can wait till morning. I'll head back to my gondola.
1: Mm, Sorry, it's this way.
0: No, it isn't. I came that way.
1: Well, this is the way back.
0: No, it isn't. It is. It isn't.
1: It is. It isn't. It is isn't. tis?
0: Why are you so set on me going that way? What's over there?
1: It's a surprise.
0: Really? Oh, I do like surprises.
1: Yes, it's a big, fun, lovely surprise just for you. Oh, goody. Okay, then just follow me. Hold on. What?
0: Who's that over there?
1: I don't see anyone.
0: Uh, how can you not see him? He's right over there looking sneaky. Hold on, it's is that other mercenary captain Snugglepuss is it? What? No, 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 not Snugglepuss. Sweet Kitty maybe?
1: I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Sugarcat.
1: You mean Honeycat.
0: Ah, that's the guy. Honeycat. What's he doing here? He hasn't been called in to replace me, has he?
1: Replace you? What? <laughs> Don't be silly.
0: Well then, what's he doing here?
1: He's here to um see the
0: Dodger. I thought the Dodger was already in his pyjamas.
1: Well, uh, they're having a pyjama party, that's it. And uh, Honeycat is going to eat a bedtime story.
0: And sing a lullaby?
1: Well, yes, of course. It goes without saying. You cannot have a lullaby.
0: I wasn't invited to a pajama party.
1: Don't worry, you'll have your own special party. Come along.
0: I hope the surprise is good at least.
1: Sentire Media
2: Hey podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy.